Hello, it's Sunday, Sunday morning, and I'm Wimala, and I'm here in Crystal Lake, Illinois, outside of Chicago, and uh, today, this morning, Sunday morning, you've probably all heard about the news in Sri Lanka and some of the pictures that are just amazing of hundreds of thousands of people uh, in Colombo on the streets and how they have forced the government, the president and even the new prime minister to, well, to run away, I think, because there's so many hundreds of thousands of people. And one of the things I was amazed about is how peace, peaceful it seemed to be. Um, thank goodness. So the economy's bad, the situation is dire quite serious, and it, it looks like somebody's popped that balloon, so things will, things certainly things will happen, so please keep your hearts and minds uh, open to the people in Sri Lanka and what they're going through, and uh, pray for them, send metta to them everything you can, along with, as we continue to do each day, along with people in Ukraine and all of the surrounding countries around Ukraine, the suffering they're going through, um, the tragedies in this country with gun violence. So there's a lot to be, there's a lot to be grateful for for us. And there are lots of places where there's a lot of suffering going on in the world. So um, I think it's really a good idea when we wake up in the morning to be grateful if we have a place to wake up, a bed to wake up from, if we have shelter, if we have food, that we don't have to worry about just absolutely running out of, even ways to cook your food. Um, I think there's so much we can be grateful for, and when we see how much suffering there is in the world, it shouldn't take away from our gratitude at all for what we have, because that's, that's how we can be of service to others. If we have enough, if we don't have to be fighting just for our day-to-day -day existence, uh, we can reach out and do something to help others. So, uh, wow, there's just so much going on in the world. There's so many lessons. There's so many teachings just uh, rising up every day. So, uh, yeah, we need metta as well. Thanks, Eva. We we send metta to places that we hear of these really... Uh, life-changing events happening, but we need metta too. There's suffering everywhere, and we all have our own uh, issues that we're going through and dealing with, and we don't want to forget those. And in the face of a world of tragic events, uh, we don't have to feel like we have no right to be sad or we have no right to be uh, confused. You know, this we, <laughs> we are... We are all struggling and doing the best we can. So I think today we'll do meta practice.
maybe we should uh, start with that. And then I can't, I'm, I'm sitting here with three books in my hand that I'm, I was, I keep picking one up after the other thinking, okay, maybe I can read from this one. And then I'll think, well, that other one's really good. So, um, maybe I'll share with you what the books are and then we can pick one. And maybe you'll, if you've read any of them, you'll, you'll know that what great books they are. But let's start out with, uh, in one of these books that I picked up, I hadn't, I hadn't looked at all the bookmarks in it. And I found one with a beautiful, it's that I had typed up and put in, uh, put on a little index card. That's just a sweet, short, and it's all from the suttas as well, um, metta practice. So why don't we start and spend a little, a few minutes at least, at least five minutes with this metta practice. Ah, so be together. Be together with yourself. Like be present. Let all of you be present. Your body and your mind and your, uh, your emotions, your feelings. See if you can bring them all to one place to the present moment. Take a few deep breaths to help you do that. Now just be aware of the body breathing, just your normal normal everyday breathing. If you're allowing your back to be lifted up and you're sitting in a posture that allows your your lungs to be expanded, you can roll your shoulders back, uh, lift your spine up and you you'll just automatically have a deeper normal breath. So that's a good thing to do. Be aware of how one breath is different from the next. That's exactly the way we breathe. It's not always, doesn't have to be, it's not ever just uh, the same over and over again. Be familiar with the breath. Your eyes can be open or closed. Think this happy, at rest. May all beings be happy at heart. Whatever beings there may be, weak or strong, without exception, long, large, middling, short, subtle, gross, seen and unseen, living near and far away, 
born or seeking birth. May all beings be happy at heart. Let no one deceive another or despise anyone anywhere or through anger or resistance perception wish for another to suffer. Let's just sit with those words. happy, at rest. May all beings be happy at heart. Whatever beings there may be, weak or strong, without exception, long, large, middling, short, subtle, gross, seen and unseen, living near and far away, born or seeking birth, May all beings be happy at heart. Let no one deceive another or despise anyone anywhere or through anger or resistance perception wish for another to suffer. So we'll end that short meditation. It's a short metta practice. It's from the from the suttas. So the words are beautiful and it kind of takes in everything. Being happy at heart. No deception. Just I just love the phrasing in this. Let no one deceive another or despise anyone anywhere or through anger or wrong perception wish for another to suffer. So in a world the way we have it, we have so many extremes that we become so caught up in our own viewpoint that we immediately, when we get really stuck in our own viewpoint, it means we create enemies, even if it's just in our own mind, of uh, others with a different viewpoint. If we get into uh, arguing with others or trying to change people's minds or trying to push our agenda on others, and it creates, it creates uh, resistance and bad feelings on the other one, other's part, which then come back to us. And all we're doing when we get caught up in this 
world of samsara that way is just to create more pain, more suffering, um, which then makes people really, you know, sink in. They really dig into their position. And if, if, if we win our point this time, they're going to work even harder to, uh, to take it away from us and, and make their point again in some other issue, particularly politics. So, um, fighting, arguing, and that's when the, that's when I think this phrase, um, let no one deceive another or despise anyone anywhere or wish for another to suffer. So a lot of times that's how we become when we feel wronged or when we feel we're right and others are wrong. We become so resistant, we create this battle that we're in. Um, you were mean to me, so I'm going to be meaner to you when I'm, when I'm, uh, victorious next time. I'm losing now, but I'll win harder the next time. So we have to always be aware of that. We're creating, we're always creating these negative situations in the world. The, the game just gets raised to higher stakes. We see that in politics, we see that in relationships. So, Let's see. Let me. Sh I'll show you the books I I wanted to read from. <laughs> I'm not. I won't. <laughs> There's so many. These are just three of the ones that were kind of top of my immediate list. One is reading from Tara Brock's newest book called Trusting the Gold. It's it's a smaller book and it's a beautiful book um, because there's some beautiful, just very very simple, more brushes of color almost watercolors in the book and they're short they're short um they're short essays of hers and it's the way it's at first i wasn't having great expectations of this book that maybe it would just be you know new stuff recycled but it's actually it's actually a wonderful book um It's divided into three sections too, called Truth, Love, and Freedom. And they're short, maybe, you know, two pages sometimes of a story. So, in, and the, it's called Trusting the Gold. This is, this is a, a beginning of the book and it's she uses a story that many of us have heard before where um, there were there was a, a big Buddha statue in Thailand I'll read the paragraph from this part this is this is how she came up with the image of trusting the gold and the story white gold isn't it a beautiful story holds this truth and the truth is no matter how wrong or lacking we may feel, how caught in separation, or how trapped by the messages, violations, and inequities of the society we live in, this basic goodness remains the essence of our being. And basic goodness is a Buddhist principle, sometimes a Mahayana tradition will call it. 
uh, Buddha nature. But for us, it's also just that basic goodness that we're all, we all contain basic goodness. And this is the story that exemplifies that. A beautiful story holds within it this truth. During the mid-50s in Bangkok, Thailand, a huge clay statue of the Buddha began to crack due to heat and drought. When some monks arrived to investigate, they shined a flashlight into the largest of the cracks. What they saw surprised everyone. Deep under the gray clay was the gleam of gold. No one had known that inside the popular but ordinary-looking statue was a solid gold Buddha. As it turns out, the statue had been covered with plaster and clay 600 years earlier to protect it from invading armies. Although all the monks who lived in the monastery at that time had been killed in the attack, the golden Buddha, its beauty and value covered over, had survived untouched. Just as the monks disguised the, be the beauty of the golden Buddha in order to protect it during dangerous times, we cover our own innate purity and goodness as we encounter a challenging world. As children, many of us were criticized, ignored, misunderstood, or abused, leading us to doubt that gold within us. As we grow up, we increasingly internalize the judgments and values of our society, further losing touch with our innocence, our creativity, and our tender hearts. We cover over the gold as we seek the approval of others, looking to them to measure our worth, to determine whether we are good enough, smart enough, successful enough. And if we are part of a non-dominant group in our culture, we take on additional layers of protection to help us face the violence of social injustice and oppression. Adding layer after layer to protect ourselves, we become identified with our coverings, believing ourselves to be separate, threatened, and deficient. Yet even when we cannot see the gold, the light and love of our true nature cannot be dimmed, tarnished, or erased. It calls to us daily through our longing for connection, our urge to understand reality, our delight in beauty, our natural desire to help others. Our deepest intuition is that there is something beyond our habitual story of a separate and isolated self, something vast, mysterious, and sacred. So she says in this book, she's uh, talking about how do we uncover that gold, that un uncover that gold from all those layers. How can we learn to trust the pure awareness and love, the basic goodness that is our very essence? These questions have shaped my spiritual path, and in trusting the gold, I share my own challenges and discoveries and stories. I hope. I hope you'll find meaningful on your path as well. So she uses the three sections, truth, love, and freedom, to explore the basic teachings of the Buddha. And in the book, she also has some uh, reflections that might be, uh, it seems like they're almost at the end of each one of the little the, the, uh, stories. So every few pages, 
there's a very nice reflection. Some of them, the shorter ones don't have them, but many of them have a, a brief re reflection or kind of a, some can be actually, uh, would be good to read, read a little section and read the reflection and then sit, sit with it. So they could be really good, uh, ways to move into your meditation. Yeah, they're through it with these. And um, the more I read in it, the more I find it just uh, that the teachings are really good and Tara Brock's a very, a very good teacher. And uh, you may recognize some of her stories, but they're, they're used so well in this, in this book. It'd be a book you'd want to take on a, maybe put it by your bed or uh, take it with you if you're traveling and want to have something to read. And she says you can read it front to back, or you can just pick it up and open to a page. Maybe read just one of the short lessons. So, uh, this is a, a lovely book. I recommend it. Another book that I actually have autographed by Sylvia Borstein when I, I saw her in... Uh, at the Insight Meditation Center in Las Vegas several years ago. And uh, there was a raffle for her latest book. And everybody just had a number. And I won the book. Out of very, And she had done a day workshop. And uh, it was just wonderful meeting her. But I've always, I've always liked her teachings. She's another Insight Meditation teacher. This book is called Pay Attention for Goodness Sake. Practicing the Perfections of the Heart, the Buddhist Path of Kindness. Uh, Annie, Anne, Anne Lamott uh, uh, comments, a beautiful, funny, wise book full of understanding, gentle direction, brilliance, and heart. And so this book is um, about the the what we call the ten perfections. So, the paramitas. So these are the ten qualities. And if you, uh, when you take precepts at blue at blue lotus, we include the the uh, ten ten the paramitas, the ten reflections. On um, that's one of the that's the final step you can take in the precepts. Instead of having bodhisattva vows, those are actually the ten. So, these are very important teachings in our tradition and in all uh, Buddhist teachings. So, this is a wonderful book. She she has a section on each one and explains. And then, the at the beginning, she also has. Um, a little chart at the beginning of each section. I know you're looking at it backwards, but she begins it with each of these qualities. So this one is wisdom. And the chart for each one, it says the practice of wisdom develops a habit of discerning by, so she has the practice of, develops a habit of, by, or by which, by what means, 
and is supported by and manifest as. So wisdom, the practice of wisdom, develops the habit of discerning by understanding that although our minds are continually and inevitably challenged by desires, peace is possible. The first, second, and third noble truths and is supported by practicing wise effort, wise concentration, and wise mindfulness, the mind training aspects of the Eightfold Path, and manifest as clarity. So she does that for all 10 of these. So you could actually have a little chart and uh, or put it on an in each one on an index card and maybe use that as a way to remember and work with these. So that, I think that's very good. That's a good, that's a good teacher thing, you know. <laughs> that could be a PowerPoint slide. And, uh, and show even just that little, that doing that at the beginning is, I think, wonderful. So she has sections on all ten. And, and the ten parmes, and if you, this is something good to remember, the, the paramitas. Generosity, morality, renunciation, wisdom, energy, patience, truthfulness, determination, loving kindness, and equanimity. And she has, her writing is very clear and very uh, uh, lovely. And she has good examples from her years as a teacher and um She's also a psychologist, but she has, uh, she teaches a lot at Spirit Rock and she's on the West Coast. I think she lives in, um, outside the San Francisco, around, around the San Francisco area. So this is a book with wonderful stories from her own life and the people she's worked with. And then she definitely, uh, is this is a very good way to learn about the paramitas or those ten qualities. Third book. So let's see. I, do, I don't have much time. So the third book is a book I think I, I'm going to really, I might be really pushing for for our new uh, book group book. We have book group tomorrow evening, so we can. We're getting pretty close to Bhikkhu Bodhi's book on the uh, Eightfold Path. Very close. So this book is also another one that's recommended on the uh, list if, for people who want to take the precepts, especially for the first time. It's recommended, and it has lots of. There are a lot of um, reviews that I have read that that talk about how wonderful this book is, very clear. It's called Buddhism Plain and Simple, The Practice of Being Aware Right Now, Every Day, and it's by Steve Hagen, H-A-G-E-N. And um, we have it at the temple, but you can buy it online. It's a, it's, I'll admit, I have not read this book, but I started reading so many beautiful uh, comments by other people and reviews about it that I thought, wait, I think I need to really... So I've looked, picked it up and looked at different things. And um, 
I, I, I'm excited about reading this book because I think he explains things uh, intelligently and clearly and without, you don't have to know Polly to read this book. And I know for a lot of people just having to uh, feel like they have to pronounce the Polly words and they have to, uh, you know, they have to have such a strong background before they can even read a book. This is one, um, this is one that you won't have that problem, but it is a great, it, I think this is really good for someone who has, uh, been involved in teachings for a long time, like myself, but a very clear and, uh, a different, different way. He's taught, he's talking about the Eightfold Path. He's talking about Yeah, he's got it. He's got it. If this is a good, this is, <clears throat> this is a good one. It wouldn't be a long. We would not, we would probably move through it. And if you're reading it for yourself, you'd probably want to be underlining things and taking notes. And, um, I mean, look at his, the part one is called the perennial problem, the human situation. Um, the way to wake up. Part three is free mind. And then he even has an appendix on a couple of things. An appendix on dependent arising, which is most people feel are confused about. Um, and the epilogue is be a light unto yourself. And he has two different ways to view the 12 fold chain of dependent arising. So he's giving different points of view because there are different points of view. Even within, uh, you know, the same tradition that you're in. So I recommend this whether you are going to be in the book group or not. And I hope I can uh, get votes for us reading this in the book group. <laughs> So there's one, this is the clearest. Here's one thing on the cover that's uh, a recommendation for it. This is the clearest and most precise exposition of Buddhism I have ever read. If you're looking for enlightenment rather than just scholarly knowledge, you'd better read that by Robert Piercig, our author of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which was a huge book back when it was published. There just, there weren't many books about any kind of Buddhism by Westerners. Um, this, uh, yeah, David Schmidt was the one who recommended this years ago as the book that, that uh, helped him decide to become a Buddhist and that was his introduction to Buddhism. And uh, he recommended it and we put it, we put it on the the list of books to read for people in the pre taking precepts. So that was a, it's, that looks like a great book. So those are three books and maybe I should read, I think our time is up. So I'm not going to read anything from, well, let's see, from Buddhism Plain and Simple. He, he, his main teacher was, uh, 
was a Zen teacher, so he has a Zen background, but uh, he also, he said when he was learning what the Buddha taught by Walpola Rahula was a text they used, and uh, that's a great, that's a great book. And he was, he said, it's a wonderful little book. It's little, but it's very dense. It's a wonderful little book that I still regard as an excellent supplement to Buddhism, plain and simple. But it wasn't exactly what people most needed. So that was what he, when he started, uh, <laughs> when he started a Zen center and felt like he didn't know how to, how to teach, but his teacher had died. Um, he wanted to find a book that represented simply and in plain English what the Buddha taught. Since nothing like that was available at the time, I wrote it myself, the one you're holding now. Yeah, that's, and the, the book, uh, What the Buddha Taught is an excellent book as well, but this is a book that's, I think he did exactly what he set out to do, was to write it in English that isn't dumbed down at all, and it's not, um, it's, it's very clear and deliberate, and it's very spot on. So, another great book. So that's, that's us for today, but we can also share merit. We didn't do that after our meditation because we had, I wanted to do it at the end of the, uh, our time together. So, May everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all living, living beings. We want to be a refuge for ourselves, and by doing these things, by our kindness, by never harming another being, We become a refuge for others, as well as ourselves. So, have a beautiful, have a beautiful day or evening, wherever you are. And um, there's a Dhammapada class coming up at 11 that uh, Bhante Bhadia is doing on Zoom. So. Hopefully you have the Zoom uh, link in if you want to join that class. It's 11 to 11.45. And we have book group tomorrow evening, 5.30 Central Time. Okay, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for being such a big part of my practice. Bye.